0: Amen. Well, the second week in our series, I'm going to talk to you. It's kind of a mini-series on serving, and we're going to talk about blessings in serving. And you know, how many know that our God is a giving God? Amen. And they're right. It's just even in our agriculture. If you plant a seed, whether it's a corn or a tomato, how many know you get more than one back? That's principle. That's just the way the heart of our Father is. And so, so and I'll share scripture at the end here before communion on how God, He remembers God remembers details, you know, when they were, the scribes were recording uh, as Nehemiah and Ezra, they were building the wall and the temple in Jerusalem, it actually, it, in one of the chapters, it talks about the families that were asked to help, they wrote their names down, and they actually identified from this, the sheep gate to you know the, the dump, they did that wall. And then from the dump to this family, and here's what I find is interesting. It says, and so-and-so family did not put their backs in help. <laughs> it says that in the Bible. They list those who did not help, that did not serve. I do not want to go to heaven and meet, hey, I'm, you know, uh, Jablonski here, and I, I was the guy that didn't help with my family. <laughs> How many with me, amen? Some of you kind of that went right over your head, but a solemn moment right there. And so God keeps good records, okay? He keeps good records. And that's not to condemn. That's to show that he's a a God that loves to bless us as we serve, and we're gonna talk about that. So this is the second week in our series of blessings we receive by serving. And uh, I said this kind of a big idea statement, a good measure of our spiritual health is our depth of concern for other people. How much you care, how much you concern concerned about others and, and what's going on in their lives. And we said this, that we all want our lives to matter. Amen. And the reason we do the things we do, I mean, we, we chase promotions and leadership and positions. and We want to make a difference. Isn't that right? We want to make a difference, what all I, at least most people do. They want to make a difference. And what do we do with our kids? We encourage them and go to college or, or get a, a technical training and a skill. And, and to nowadays, you know, most kids can have a laptop on the beach and, and make quite a bit of money if they know what they're doing, which is scary. But uh, we still need laborers and people to do things, to build things. Aren't you glad for the laborers? I mean, sometimes the most hardest things to get done are just the simplest things, you know, and, and, and so we're just thankful for the laborers and those in the trucking industry and, and those in construction. So we want our lives to make a difference and we want our kids' lives to make a difference and, and there's nothing wrong with wealth or influence and, and, and God is out there to bless us when we use his wisdom, amen, but that alone will not change the world. How many of you know that money alone is not the answer? Amen. Otherwise, we would have solved that problem a long time ago, right? It won't. <clears throat> We're not made for that solely. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? What are you saying? That if you devote your life just to make money and to build your castle somewhere along the line. You miss the mark. It involves serving. Can I get an amen? Did you all stay up too late last night or something? No, that you got a big... Yeah, some of you shaking your head. Yeah. <clears throat> so... So, and I said this last week, I believe that the center of God's purposes is the local church uh, in, in its expression throughout our nation and our world. So, the scripture says in Ephesians 3:10, so now through the church, can we shout through the church? And we know the church is in a building per se, even though we're in this building. And we are the church. We make up the church. And and when other believers in the community go to another church, they make up the church. So I I get that. But it's through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God and all its countless aspects, might now be made known, revealing the mystery. And it goes on to say... To the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So something about this verse, God is saying that down here on Earth, this little rock, you know, on the Orion's Belt, that this little pebble in our galaxy, that's traveling through space, uh, that some on this little planet, this little speck in light of the galaxy, God is trying to show authorities, powers. That he has created something about us in the church. There's a mystery there. There's a mystery there. So what does that mean? That means your life is more than just your life. I don't know if that made sense saying that, but I just felt to say it. Your life is more than just your natural life here. There's eternal weights and consequences and rules that that God is concerned about. And I said this, that we are all made to build... God's church, not just a few, not just the called, not just the fivefold ministry. We were all made in Ephesians 4.12 talks about even as, as my responsibility as a minister is to help equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church. You know, when we started the church in our living room in the fall of 1999, it was my wife and I and three other ladies. And not much serving was going on then, right? I mean, you don't have to do much. Like, hey, you want some coffee? You know, it's something like that's about it. And as it began to grow, it was like, well, you know, some businessman said, do you think we should start taking an offering? And went, didn't dawn me. Yeah, we should start taking an offering. And, and then we started just gathering uh, uh, some resources and we took the next step. And then, then we need help with kids. We need kids' help because parents were wondering, what do we do? And, and so all this ministry has evolved and so many other people are able to serve because of it growing. Here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. As God moves us from here to our new place in Jesus' name, it, it, we have to be prepared for double or triple the congregation. We have, to be, we have to be prepared for that. Because people, you know, this is, a, you know, some of you had to probably bring your canoe to get in from the back this morning because of the rain. I saw Kathleen come in with an umbrella, and I think she put her canoe, you know, on the back of the, to get, to get in here. And so we're thankful, we're grateful. We got AC, we got sound, it works. But, but you know, it's, it could be, uh, you know, a standoff thing for some people. They won't come in, they're a little bit fearful. And We want to just change that, Amen. We can do that by being welcoming people. That's one thing I just love about this church body. When I've met people, and I really can't go anywhere in this community, whether, whatever I'm doing, and sit down at a table with people because I don't know if someone has visited the church. Uh, I recently had a situation, and someone said, oh, hey, Pastor Mike. Oh, I didn't remember. Years ago, we attended. And my, my point is this, is that they've always said, your church has been welcoming The people are loving and they're kind. They reach out. and Just that blesses my heart. You're being the church. Amen. So, and so we are all made to build. Uh, One translation says that his people would learn to serve. It's just not something that's innate. In other words, our default is, let's just take care of me, myself, and I. You know? We're in a season that, we, well, we got a lot of kids, and we get that, and we know that, and it's just hard. But God is saying that if we listen to him, hear me. If we listen to him, he will show us the areas that we can be a blessing. Amen. And there are blessings in that. So in order to fully equip his people, the scripture says, another verse, uh, another translation, for the work of serving, for the building up of Christ's body. Now I'm going to go through this quickly here uh, for the sake of time and just touch on a few of these here. But blessings we receive from serving others serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts first Corinthians 12 compares the church to a human body it talks about just like our bodies are made of many parts serving different functions the church is made up of people with different skills and abilities and how many know that alone these pieces aren't very useful but together we create something beautiful when we're together and that's the beauty how many know christ is the head Amen. But just if you say, "Well, I'm just kind of a big toe," how many would like to walk through life without a big toe? Come on now, you know that jogging you like to do, that lifting, that squatting—you know, whatever. You need every part of the body. I mean, some of you think I'm just spiritual dandruff. Well, we can treat that. Amen. Amen. So, serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. You say, Pastor Mike, I'm in church. I started getting involved, but I don't know what my gift is. You need to see my wife. She will help you get connected. We have assessments to help you discover your spiritual gift, what you're good at. It kind of points you into a direction. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to slice your wrist and kind of go through five hours of training. It's a simple little assessment that helps you see where your heart and your passion is. Amen? Not too difficult, is it? <clears throat> Here's something that I think we miss a lot serving allows us to experience miracles. Now, watch this. <clears throat> In John chapter 2. Jesus is at a wedding. I just did a wedding yesterday. It was beautiful and uh, just a, a wonderful time. <clears throat> Jesus was at a wedding, and the couple, they were running out of wine for its guests. And so here's what he does. He tells the servants, let me shout servants, <clears throat> to fill several big jars to the brim. And so now watch this. When they serve the water to the guest, it miraculously turned into wine, right? That's, that's what the scripture is saying, <clears throat> and when they gave it to the guest, how many know that the guest didn't know what they, what the servants knew like, oh my gosh, this is a bunch of water here. and we give it. These people are gonna get ticked off. But the moment the guest received it, they drank and they said, oh, this is wine. Thank you. Thank you for all your care and concern. Who saw the miracle? The ones that served. <clears throat> and that's just so true of our lives. <clears throat> when we serve and we get involved <clears throat> in ministry and we help out and God's church. It's the servants were the ones who witnessed the miracle. The same is true, excuse me, for you and I. I remember at age 15, I had the, uh, I look now, I think of it as the blessed opportunity. How many remember the traveling evangelist with tents? Come on now, it is dating me. But the traveling, and this was through the 60s, the 50s, 60s, and even in the 70s. You don't see much of that now. But they would go through and they would set up a tent and, and uh, uh, they would preach. They would have a healing services and miracles, signs and wonders. And, <clears throat> you know, there was kind of the outpouring of the healing movement in the, in the late 40s and 50s. Well, I had the opportunity at age 15 to travel with one of those. <clears throat> his name was Brother Reynolds. And he was uh, a U.S. Marine, retired, but he was on, uh, in the Air Wing Division, and he was on an airplane, and um, he ha- his head was clipped with one of the props. It almost killed him, just-, just nicked him. And so he had a plate in his head, and-, and he was, you know, almost died. He was saved through all of that, and <clears throat> he was just a very militant, stern man, and he had a tent. And he came to our town, and I remember he had like 11 or 12 kids. And he just, that's, because he needed help setting up that tent. <clears throat> and so what better, you know, what better way to get help? Free help. <clears throat> and so I connected with his sons, and, and I, was, I asked, can I travel with you? He's like, yes, you could travel. So I traveled two and a half weeks, three weeks in the summer, upstate um, uh, near Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. It was beautiful, and he would come in. It was just hot, and uh, they were pretty conservative. I remember one day it was so hot, and you know, I'm 15 years old. And I'm thinking, man, you guys are burning up. So I took my shirt off. Well, that was a no no. Some woman screamed for the other end of the compound Ah! <clears throat> they all had farmer's tans, you know, they, and they worked in jeans, and you know, it was just kind of one of those. But, but I, I served with them, I helped set up that tent, and, and we all ate together, and I, I cherished that. But I saw some tremendous miracles. I was a part of something, and it wasn't easy. It was hard, but boy, I'm so glad. As a young kid, I had that opportunity. How many with me? Say amen. <clears throat> so <clears throat> serving allows us to experience miracles. Serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes from obedience. First Peter four ten and eleven says, "Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others." So. Our gift is to help and serve others, the Scripture says, as faithful servants of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So the gift God has given each and every one of you is to help exalt Christ in the earth. How many see that? Say amen. Amen. So really, serving is a form of worship. It's a form of worship, a way to express gratitude for what Jesus has done for us and to share the love and grace we've been given. Amen. So serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes from obedience. Serving helps us to be more like Jesus. Well, if I asked you all, how many of you want to be more like Jesus? Well, I would imagine most of you would want to be more like Jesus. Well, when we shift our focus off of ourselves, watch this, Onto others, off of ourselves and onto others through serving. We begin to see others as Jesus sees them. We see Jesus in others, as Matthew uh, 25, 40 speaks about. So if we want to be more like Christ, a tremendous way to do that is begin to serve others, amen? Serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. Now, when I went into the Marine Corps, I had a made-up mind. I had a made up mind that nobody in there was going to take me, you know, drag me down, you know, and cause me to backslide. How many know what I'm saying? And and just uh, lose my faith and I'd be a chameleon and follow every. I had a made up mind and that ostracized me. But I went in with that posture. Not everyone is that way. People, Certain people, they, they need help. They need to come alongside. They need mentors. They need people to, and I'm not elevating myself in any way, anything special, but it's just, it's just, I had a made up mind as a young kid that for me and my house, I'm gonna serve the Lord. I don't care what y'all do, but I'm gonna serve Jesus. How, how many understand what I'm, you know, and you want that for your kids, amen? Made up mind. I'm gonna serve the Lord, not because mommy and daddy, but because of my relationship with Christ. Can I get an amen? And, and, and so, and that's my prayer. That's my prayer for every youth, every young person in the church, every adult that maybe you're on the sidelines, kind of you know, hemming and hawing, that we have a made up mind. But they can help. When we serve with other Christians, they can help us follow the Lord. When we're working side by side with other people, what happens is a bond inevitably forms. And this was part of God's plan, how the church is supposed to work. That's why the church is who, what it is, what He's created to be. That's why Hebrews ten, twenty-four, and twenty-five instructs us to. It says in the in the King James to spur one another on. It means it actually means in the Greek to push, to boost, to egg on. In other words. Come on, come on, get your stuff together. Come on, come on, serve the Lord. You know, let's follow God. Let's not, let's not serve the devil. We need people like that, amen? That's what the scripture is saying. To, to spur one another on toward what? Toward love and good deeds. Not just love, but love in good deeds, not giving up meeting together. What does that mean? Go to church, come together, stay together, stay connected. <clears throat> then it goes on to say, but encouraging one another. I've shared this a few weeks ago, the statement, but pain shared is pain divided. Joy shared is joy multiplied. You know, it's so true. Um, <clears throat> I was meeting with a, a, an individual not too too long ago and not part of this church, and uh, they made some really, really poor decisions, and those decisions imploded uh, everyone around them. I'll just say it like that to where they were ostracized and alone, but I knew that they were Christian, and I knew that uh, they just made some really, really, really bad choices, and their life went up in flames. I mean, everything just got torched, and they were coming around, and they were going through certain treatment, and and I, I knew this. I, I, I was privy to some of this, and just meeting them a while back, they just said to me, they said, you know, I really changed, and I really, you know, I'm really turned a new leaf, and I really, and what they needed, here's what they needed, when someone says that, how many know that you need to not tell somebody you changed, they need to know, oh, they have changed, isn't that right? She was needing affirmation, okay, and I just looked at her, and I said, I am proud of you, Man, I'm telling you, the weights that just can't. That's all I said. You have made some hard choices in in some difficult things. And and you know what? God is blessing you. I'm telling you, it set the whole course right there. You know what? You can be that for someone else. You can be that. Hallelujah. So serving, it surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus and, and move forward. Here's a great one. Serving increases our faith. Amen. As we move out of our comfort zone, God increases our faith by revealing new potential in ourselves and in his church. When we see what he can do, when his power is at work within us, we begin looking for the doors that he's opening. And here's the thing. God is constantly opening doors. Are we seeing it? Are we open to it? Are we aware of it? Are we just so focused on what we have to do, what we got to get accomplished, and not seeing Jesus is trying to interrupt our lives. He's trying to interrupt us because he, he, he has something for us. He has someone for us to minister his love to. So rather than pushing our way through one's uh, closed doors, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Amen. So serving can increase our faith if we're involved in serving and furthering God's kingdom. Serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Encouragement and healing go hand in hand. Isn't that right? When we encourage, we're healed. And so as we encourage others and they find healing, how many know that we are encouraged now, right? We are encouraged. It's the reason so many people that go on missions trips say that they come home feeling like they got more out of it than what they gave. That's so true. Why? Because it just built up. You feel so happy, so excited. I mean, we've taken a couple of trips to Houston and the outreach and down there and the humidity. And we did a, a cleanup uh, after uh, uh, the floods and then we, you know, a demolition. And then we, we did a rebuild. And, and uh, you know, we had fun. We connected. We connected with each other. And it was a great time. But, but we felt when we left, they, we just, We were blessed. We felt blessed by serving, so so serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. How many see that? Say amen. amen. Here's the thing. I'm almost done. Serving is good for your soul. It's good for your soul. Studies have shown that volunteering is so good for the mind and body that it can ease symptoms of stress and depression. Did you get that? Stress and stress and depression. Tapping into our gifts and passions, it builds self-confidence, energy, and strength. In other words, serving others can also be the best distraction from our own worries. And sometimes we come in and we're just got kind of see through a knothole. I don't know, Pastor. Full of anxiety. I've got this going on, and I have an uncle. I have this. I have a spouse in this situation and that. Stop. Take a breath. How can we help others? We're not ignoring, but how many of you know that when you get your head above the clouds of all that anxiety and worry, you see clearly? You can see clearly. And and the best way to do that is, is serving. Serving. Amen. So here's the thing. You know, we, we make all kinds of rational explanations for not serving. I, I don't have time. I, I don't know what I would do. Uh, I don't really have any special skills, you know. Uh, pastor, I had not much to contribute to. They don't need me. They get it all covered. I mean, just look, what a nice worship team. They, they don't need me. Yes, we do. God needs you. Amen. <clears throat> and, you know, or here's what I hear. Well, I tried that and nobody came. It didn't really work out. And I'd love to help, but I can't do this. I can't do that. And I can't do so-and-so. <laughs> okay, so my question is, let's find a place where you feel comfortable and you can serve. Amen? And here's the thing. There are unique things we have yet to discover of serving that you have in your heart that we, we, we as a staff may have not even considered. And you go, you know what? This would be great here. I'm really passionate about this. I want to serve in this area. Great. You're hired. Amen? So here's the thing I want to end with here. The Lord doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Okay, that's just a cute statement, but it's true. All right? He equips the called. You're all called. Okay, and he equips you. Why is that? Well, simply because the road to extraordinary experiences of God is paved with ordinary obedience to God. Stand with me if you would, please. God used men and women with similar doubts. But here's the thing, they obeyed. They obeyed to change the course of history. Moses didn't think he was a leader or a speaker. He stuttered. He had a stuttering, a speech impediment. God worked through Moses to bring Israel out of slavery. David was the youngest and therefore considered the most insignificant in his family, in all of his brothers. But God worked through David to defeat a giant and eventually made him king over Israel. Paul used to arrest and even kill Christians, the scripture says, before he met Jesus. But he went on to become one of the most highly regarded and prolific writers of the church uh, planters in, in history. What am I trying to say? God, well, there's the clouds. I don't know where we just lost my last slide. Maybe you could bring that last slide up on communion. Thank you. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget. That's just like, you know, human nature. I don't mind doing something, but can you just please tell me I did a good job? You know, did you see me do this, Pastor? It doesn't matter if I see you or not. He sees you. I may see you and go, wow, praise God. Look at the hard work. And they just love Jesus. That's okay, but... It's not about me. I got to answer to him someday, okay? I'm going to be judged harsher than all of you. That's scary. But I'm willing to stand in this place and preach my heart out, do the best I can. And when I screw up, ask for your forgiveness, which is quite frequently. Amen. (laughs) How many still love me? Say amen. amen. See, God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him. How you have shown your love. By what? By caring for other believers as you still do. It's ongoing. Worship team, you can come forward. Maybe we can have the ushers uh, bring the communion up and if you could take your seat. And we're going to pray here. God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked. How hard you have worked. hallelujah i just want to encourage you encourage you all uh, you say well pastor we're in a unique season in our life and that's fine i'm not here to judge but what i'm saying is the platform of serving is continually expanding here at harvest and there are more worlds of leadership and influence and and mentorship and women helping women, men helping men. They're, the need is just endless. I love it when someone comes up to me and say, "You know what? So and so prayed for me. It was not me, and they prayed for me, and God gave them a word. For, and this was the word they spoke through them." Amen. Job accomplished. If it's all about me, well, it's not going to go much further. Do you have, Karen? Do you have the word? Yeah, that, I was going to call on you, but I wanted to make sure. She has something she wants to share in this moment about serving and how it has impacted her life. Come on right up here in the lights so we can see you. <clears throat> now, has Karin Karen just been through you know, some challenging things. She, she lost her mom a few weeks ago, and, mm-hmm. and you just kind of want to speak to that.
1: Well, those of you who know me and, and me and Sophie know that over the last three years, our worlds have been turned upside down overnight. And I don't need to go into that whole story, but when we went through that event of where we found ourselves alone overnight, <clears throat> it was devastating because I was a stay-at-home mom, homeschooled, and now all of a sudden here I am, cast out. <laughs> I, and I found in this church, in, in this church, people met a need. I would walk down the hallway and somebody handed me an envelope of cash for $300. I got more gift certificates for gas and clothing and food than I could keep track of. You know, when I lost my mom, uh, Stacy Deggie had said, what can we do to help Karn? She had texted me, and I said, you know, our biggest need right now is food. And I said, I know it's daunting because there's all of us in my family. There's about 20-some of us. It's daunting to feed that many people, but that's our biggest need right now. And she said, I'm on it. And I had to laugh because I think Chris Wagner had told me later on that the list of people who filled that need filled up so fast there was no room for anybody else to volunteer. And my heart was so overwhelmed because this is a huge um, thing for me that I've talked to Rhonda about before in years past. I've led life groups for years and so I have this heart's call to minister to other women and I've heard so many women say i don't feel like i belong here i don't feel connected i don't know where i fit and i sit back and i've talked to Rhonda about it and i go well do you plug yourself in i mean are you connected and so last week as mike was preaching this message i sat back there and i prayed because this is a heart's cry for me is to help people feel plugged in and god gave me this vision of a lamp And you know, all of you girls who decorate a house at one point or another, you just need that lamp for your living room. Like you're looking for the perfect lamp that fits in there and you finally find it. And you go sit it on the end table and you stand back and you go, oh, that's it. That's the piece that was missing. And you go flick the switch and nothing happens. And you go, wait a minute, this isn't right. (laughs) That's the perfect lamp. But you know what, you forgot to plug the lamp in. It needs to be connected to light up. And you know what? I love that Pastor Mike, he shared a lot of the things that I was praying about, almost word for word, (laughs) that you need to be plugged in. We are all part of a body. We need to be plugged in. You are all been given a gift. And this is not a new problem in 1 Corinthians 12. I mean, Paul wrote about this 2,000 years ago. The Corinthians wanted to um, be part of, so they, they needed to be part of the body more. There was too much distraction in the world. And he said, You are all part of the body. And I love your, you used my verse today, but I love it in the message version. He says, A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge, it's the different but smaller parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it true? And if the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and impressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? And if the body was all an eye, how could it hear? If it were all an ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part on the body right where he wanted. You all have been given a gift. You know what, if you need to be a big toe for Jesus, Like Mike said, that was my thing too. I've said that before. Be a big toe for Jesus. And if you say, I don't have this impressive looks, I don't have, you know, I don't do this, I'm not really skilled at that, and you just don't know what it is, there's tests for that. (laughs) There's something you can do. Come on, people. Food for 20 people was provided three meals a day ask rhonda to get on a list to bring meals to somebody i mean my kids and i have delivered as many as three meals in one day to women in the community who have had babies because i want to be plugged in i'm so thankful for a church that gives us the opportunity for our kids to be plugged in as well, so that they can understand what serving is like. All four of our kids serve in this church. Isaiah serves in the sound booth, our three kids serve in children's ministry, and they can't wait to do more. I'm so thankful for that. So don't sit back and say, well, I just don't know. I'm gonna just leave this church because no one came up and talked to me. That's your fault. That's your fault. Get out and get plugged in. There are ways to, I love that Angie, Angie, I'm always so blessed by you because you could have been that person that said, I'm just too shy, I just can't do that. But Angie steps out of her comfort zone and stands up here month after month and pours out her heart when it is the most uncomfortable thing for her to do. And I've been blessed. When you gave that thing about your dad, I cried. That had to have been huge for you. Get plugged in. I I stay plugged in and I've seen the fruits of that when we've gone through crises in our lives this could be all for you too. So thank you for pouring into us. Thank you for allowing us to be able to pour into you. And thank you, Mike and Rhonda, for all the opportunities in this church for our kids, for us. I I can't thank you enough. Sometimes I always say the family we have in this body at times in my life has been more of a family to me than my actual own blood. And that's a huge blessing. And I can imagine that all of us wants that. So plug in.
0: Thank you, well said. Amen. 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 Let's, let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, Lord. And we are humbled, oh God. <clears throat> Lord, I just want to acknowledge the, the, the servants here in this house, Lord, that, that love you, they serve you with wholeheartedness. Thank you, Father, that your word says that nothing, Nothing goes unnoticed. Not even a cold cup of water, as the scripture says, to someone in need. You see everything. Lord, let our hearts be one that we would do things out of pure joy and expression of gratitude to you, oh God. And Lord, for those that may have been hurt, those who have been maybe wounded in other churches or situations that... Uh, they need clarity in. Lord, I pray clarity here this morning in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray right now, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Show us in the areas that we need to make adjustments, Lord. Wash us. Cleanse us. Forgive us. Purify our minds and our hearts, we pray here today, O Lord. Restore unto us, as David cried out, the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Amen. Amen. Well stand with me if you would, please. Thank you for your attentiveness. I pray that this week you have a safe Fourth of July and don't do anything too crazy. So my Fourth of July can be easy. <laughs> and we love you all. We so appreciate you. And Karen, thank you. Let's give a hand to Karen. Thank you so much. We so love and appreciate you and your family and Amen. Well, let me let me bless you and Lord. We just thank you for uh, uh, your goodness and your mercy. And Lord, if there happens to be someone here that is not assured of their salvation, that they would that they would cry out to you, that they would confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they would receive Him now, right now, that they can do that here and now. Eternal life. And Lord, you've spoken and and challenged us all here today. In the area of serving, seeing that you give us more than what we give. Lord, help us. Some of us uh, uh, need alignment in this. And and Lord, help us not to make excuses, but see, ask you this week how we can be a blessing to your kingdom in your purposes. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.